Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. All right, grab your Bibles. Amen. Tonight, you're not going to miss this evening. Uh, Colby will be preaching tonight. Uh, so our small groups, all of our uh, life groups and our life tracks will be together tonight. Uh, at 6 o'clock, we'll begin that service. I want to deal with a subject this morning that I'm going to uh, title Divine Division. I know that may seem like an oxymoron, but I believe that God wants to reveal something so foundational and fundamental about your salvation that's going to help a whole lot of people. Sometimes only division can turn chaos into order. Not natural division. Natural division always tears down and destroys because you know your Bible says a house divided against itself, it cannot stand. Amen. But there is a divine division that if you don't understand it, the devil can overthrow you at the point of salvation and when God begins to work in your life. So we're going back to Christianity 101 this morning. Uh, but I believe you're going to take something away from here that will help you. Amen. Divine division. Divine division. Look at your neighbor and tell them. Divine division. Let it work. Let it work. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. Verse number one says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light Saw the light that it was good, and God, somebody say it with me, divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening, somebody shout evening. I don't know if I'm going to reveal it this morning, but it's pretty awesome that in the Hebrew, in the scripture, the day starts with the evening. So the moon shone before the sun did. That's powerful revelation. We'll see if God leads me there. Uh, let's see, where was that? Was the first day. He called the light. Six. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it, somebody say it with me, divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. Uh, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land... That's your cue. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And I could keep reading on uh, to show you that, that in creation there was so much division God had to do. But before we do, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter number uh, 4. Hebrews 4. One scripture, Hebrews 
I want you to look for the division in the scripture. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the piercing to the dividing apart asunder of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart we're about to go on a spiritual journey and you're going to have to put on your spirit to get it are you ready let's pray father Thank you now for the manifestation of your presence that's already been in this house. Thank you, Lord, that you said they should be a demonstration with the word preach. Your prophetic word has been de- demonstrated here this morning, and we're grateful for that. Now we're asking you, Holy Spirit, open up our spirits to not look at this message from a carnal pers- perspective. But, Lord, take us deeper. Deeper in your spirit that we may receive not just inspiration, but revelation transformation that comes from revelation in our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now I think for for you to get the full effect of this sermon, there's a principle that you need to understand about the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. And the Bible says God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. Right? So uh, uh, theologians agree And the fact has been established that everything that God ever did or will do is established in the book of Genesis. Amen. It's established in types and shadows that only the New Testament believer, amen, would be able to see that now. And there's so many that are so awesome that I don't have time to go there, amen, one of which that me and Hondi and Jermaine have been chewing on, and he just gave me a little extra nugget this morning, amen, that even the rapture of the church, there's a type of the rapture of the church in the book of Genesis, amen. It happened to a man named Enoch. The Bible says he had a testimony that pleased God and he was not. So Enoch was a man who got to experience eternal life in an an Old Testament dispensation. And the reason he did, he wanted Enoch to be a type and a shadow of what you and I are going to get to experience. uh, And have experienced at some levels. And I ain't got time to deal with that. Amen. Of a resurrection I now enjoy since I'm on this earth. Of a heaven that I already enjoy. Uh, uh, another great type and shadow I like just for your biblical knowledge amen that on the fourth day the Bible says that God created two great lights I want that to sink into your mind because I just told you that God said in the beginning let there be light but on the fourth day he created two great lights one was the sun and one was the moon he said I'm establishing these two great lights amen one light to rule the night and one light to rule the day Amen, which is a type and shadow of the two great covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. The moon represent the old covenant, which wasn't explicit light, but it was light that left shadows. And the moon came first because in the beginning there was the evening and the day. And the sun represents the day star that would come. His name was Jesus Christ. Are y'all following me? Amen. So everything God done, uh, he done it with the end in, uh, in mind. 
So everything is a type and shadow. And I could go on and on and on with the revelations just out of the book of Genesis. But the one I want to deal with today, which is going to, I believe, help you so much, is the fact that your salvation, uh, there is a, in the creation of the world, is a type and a shadow of your salvation. Okay, can you just go with me? That we can look at the creation of the world, amen, and understand what's going on in my life from the time I am convicted to the time I am born again until God brings order in my life. Can we go, can you go with me just a little bit this morning? Amen. The first thing I want you to notice, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then it goes into saying that the earth was without form and void. Now, we don't know how long of a time it was between verse number one and verse number two. But one thing we do know that God does not create chaos. Could you agree with me on that? Right? And the Bible says the earth was without form and void, which actually means without form means uh, that it was all mixed up. It had no structure. It had no distinguishing marks in it. Amen. Everything was run together. Without form and void. It actually means unproductive and uninhabited. Uninhabited. It had no ability to produce life because there was nothing divided. There was no divisions. Everything was on top of everything. Amen. So may I submit to you the next few verses is not necessarily a definition of the creation of the world, but it's God putting back in order what got put into a mess. Boy, y'all are quiet. It's because you're listening. Amen. I believe the scripture bears it out because, amen, God don't start creating land when we see Him, right? He just starts, uh, the first thing He did was turn the light on. How many knows that every great work you do, first thing you have to do is turn the light on? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to turn the light on. It's going to mean something in a minute. So He just turned the light on. Because he said, let there be light. And then he said, uh, uh, then he divided the light from the darkness. And then all of a sudden, he just began to divide. For the first four days, he simply began to put back in order what obviously once was in order. Because... Oh, this is just stretching somebody. Amen. Because he said when he began to divide the firmament, means he just started putting the space back between the earth and heaven that needed to be there. And then he said when he divided the waters, he said when the waters started receding, land appeared. So there was something already there that had been messed up by some chaotic act. Boy, y'all are good students. You're just catching this already. Amen. Huh? So, so God had created something previous that you and I do not know anything about. And some of you know about pre-adamants and a lot of things like that. And we're not even going into all that theology. We're just going to deal with what we can see. And what we can see is God didn't have to say, let there be earth. There was just a mess made there. And there was chaos there. And there was no order there. So the earth was without form and void. Can I get a witness? Amen. So when God began to come in with his divine division and start putting things where it ought to go, all of a sudden, what was already there began to reappear. 
Can, can I tell you, I don't know how mean you are. I don't know how ugly you are or were. Amen. I don't care how sinful you was. I don't care if the devil told you you was something from your birth. Amen. There was potential there from the very... It just got all covered up. It just got all messed up. It just got all confused. And you, oh my God. And death came into your life because there was no division in your life. Are you following me now? So God steps up to the scene and says, let there be light. Amen. He just turned the light on and then he began to go to work. How many knows we were called out of darkness into this marvelous light? And the first thing he did in your life before he could go to work on you was turn the light on. Amen. So the light of the revelation, which is the word of God, came into you and put you in a position to be divided. Wow. So the Bible said, are y'all still with me? The earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And what's amazing to me that I did not understand, that, that now I see it as the genius of God, is God said, uh, that the Bible says that God divided the light from the darkness. Why in the world didn't he annihilate the darkness? You ever wondered that? I've heard people say, why did God do us this way and just throw the devil down here where we're at? Why didn't he just knock him in the head? Are you with me? I'm going to show you why. He divided the light from the darkness. Now, may I submit to you, the light that, Jesus, that God is operating by is not a natural created light because He didn't create the sun and the moon until the fourth day. So what light is God operating by? If He don't have a sun, He don't have a moon, amen? And he said, let there be light. And the Bible said there was light. Then obviously we're talking about a spiritual light. Not a physical light. He operated for three days. Four days. Amen. People think the world was created in six days. It was actually created in four days. Or God took that, 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 that mess and made it right in four days. Amen. Are you listening to me? So when the Bible... Oh, I got a lot to say. Y'all going to stay with me? We're going to have to run this thing. Amen. So obviously, God, for, for He did the work with a spiritual light, which was the light of His Word. Amen. So He divided the light from the darkness. The word divided there it comes from the Greek word badal. And the badal, badal means to distinguish, differentiate, to reveal. Oh my God, y'all got to get this. It means to expose. It means to draw a line and put one in one place where it can be seen and one in another place where it can be seen. Just go with me. He divided the light from the darkness. Isn't it amazing? In the wisdom of God, the reason, let me back up, the reason there was chaos, the reason there was a void, the reason it was empty, 
The reason it was a waste howling wilderness, the reason it was so desolate that there was no life is revealed in the same scripture because it says the earth was without form and without void and darkness covered the face of the deep. The reason it was lifeless is because darkness was prevailing. So the only way to fix the problem is to deal with the darkness. But I find it amazing that if darkness is the problem, why wasn't God saying, I rebuke you darkness in the name of me? <laughs> Didn't know what to do with that statement. Huh? God never spoke to. He never confronted. He never rebuked darkness. You want to know why? Because darkness does not exist. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch you, but just go with me before you turn me off. Scientifically, darkness does not exist. Thank you, sir. Thank you, bearded guy. That looks like Jesus. No more than cold exists. Cold does not exist. Scientific. You go Google it. <laughs> not put up your phone. Not right now. Cold does not exist. Cold is simply the absence of heat. So the scientists had to come up with a name for the absence of heat, even though it cannot be defined. It cannot be measured, if you will. I know we got our little thermometer. Amen. But all it's telling you is, is how little heat you've got. So there ain't but one way to deal with cold, and that's to turn the heat on. So if darkness does not exist, and if you look it up in your dictionary the, and define darkness, it is defined by the absence of... Hmm. Are y'all thinking? So why would you rebuke something that does not exist? Why would you confront something that does not exist. Now this might take a few classes to get us on into demonic warfare and all. I understand that. But we're talking about salvation right now. Okay? God knew that all my spitting and speaking in tongues and sputtering and stomping and lapping and spinning or whatever it is you do in prayer. He said that will do nothing to darkness because darkness is not a substance. It's the absence of something. So God in His genius, instead of getting in a wrestling match with something that don't exist. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Is anybody, I told you, you finna have to get spiritual. You finna love me, hate me, call me a heretic. You finna get twisted this morning. Amen. Uh, amen. God didn't go to wrestling something and, and exerting all of his energy on something uh, that is not a rival to him, to something, amen, that don't have any power to advance itself whatsoever. Darkness has no power to advance its cause. Darkness has no ability. So God in His infinite wisdom, and I believe this is where the devil's destroying the church, amen. We so glorified the prince of darkness that we're wearing ourselves wrestling, we're wearing ourselves out, fighting something that has no power to advance itself. 
My God, help me this morning. Amen. So God simply said, let there be light. Let there be light. And all of a sudden, light violently came in and filled the place where darkness was and he didn't have to come in praying, asking, rebuking, confronting. And are, are y'all with me? He just, light just showed up. And everywhere light shows up, darkness just flees. Mm, 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 mm. But then I come to that place to where I was, I was just really at first, I was just really, I had a beef with God. I said, now look, you could have just as easy annihilated that darkness. And then there wouldn't be nothing but light. And then the genius of God came to me. And that's that you and I, our perception is discerned or determined by contrast. Your perception of a thing is determined by contrast. Go with me now. In other words... I'm only tall in contrast to the people I'm hanging out with. Are you following me? If they're the same height as me or if they're shorter, if I hang around people that's shorter than me, you're going to say, man, that dude's tall. Right? You're only big in comparison and in contrast to someone who is very little. So, so darkness and light... Evil and good is imperceptible without each other. In other words, I can't tell how good is good until I know how much potential I have to do bad. Am I making sense to you? Amen. And light needs a backdrop for it to receive the glory that it is due. Give me a cell phone with your light on it. Turn the light on. Light actually is glorified and magnified by nothing but darkness. No one ever goes to a fireworks show during the day. Wow, that was a simple revelation, wasn't it? You have to wait till it gets dark because the darkness reveals the glory of the light. Amen? We, me and my family, we like to go look at Christmas lights. But we have never got up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Come on, kids. Let's go see some Christmas lights. And what should have been glorious is, really? My God, are y'all listening to me? So, so the, the glory is in the contrast. The glory is in the contrast that, that, that my yard, I used to, now I just don't care no more, I guess. I'm a Scrooge. But used to, my yard was full of lights. I had Christmas trees built in my yard out of lights. I had styrofoam cups, you know, old school. In my fence, Merry Christmas. Amen. 
And I had, I had cards all over my yard. Amen. Josh, you remember those cards? They got him one day on his three-wheeler. But anyway, amen, I had them all in my yard. And if you drove by during the day, you'd think, man, that place is a mess. But when you drove by at night and the backdrop was darkness, all of a sudden the glory of my lights, everybody was coming to see. Are you following me? Amen. So I got a little light on this phone. Amen. That really, I can't even see this thing shining up here. Can you? Amen. Uh, in other words, all the light in here is robbing it of its glory. So the only way, amen, that this light is going to get glory is from the backdrops. I need spotlights and everything. Spotlights, dim lights. You know how I do all that back there? Everything. Dark. Y'all go help her. There's three buttons on to your right. Pull them all the way down. Ah, you're awesome. Turn off your light. All of a sudden, that which had no glory is becoming glorious. Oh, is anybody catching this revelation right now? So then, all of a sudden, I, I, I understood the principle of God. Amen. He said, I just divided the light from the darkness. I just, I just, uh, I differentiated it. I just put it in its place. And if you're not careful, if you don't understand this, you'll say, am I saved or not saved? Am I light or am I darkness? You double side. Amen. Am I free or am I not free? Am I holy or am I not holy? God said, oh no, you're missing it. I just divided the light from the day. I put the darkness, oh God, I put the darkness in its place to bring glory to the light that is in your life. Give me some electricity now. Let there be light. And if you don't understand this, are you listening to me? So God began to divide the night, the light from the darkness. Then He divided, amen. The, the next thing He divided was the earth from the heaven, amen. Oh my God, there's so much there. I don't know what to give you, what not to give you, amen, amen. But in the spiritual, the light is my salvation. Are you following me? And the darkness is who I was. In the spirit, the earth represents my flesh and the heavens represent presents my spirit. So we see God dividing my soul from my spirit. Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. It's just God has differentiated it. He just put it in His place. Elbow your neighbor and say, He just put it in His place. He just put it in His place. What He put it in His place with? What did he put darkness in its place with? Come on, what did he put darkness in its place with? There's only one remedy for darkness, and it is light. So his light came in and put... Yeah. Mm, separated, not annihilated. Because I need my past not to torment me, but I need my past... Oh, God. I need my past to be a backdrop of this new light I'm walking... Oh, my God. I ain't bragging on what I was. I ain't hanging on to who I was. Now I know it's division in my life. Oh, my God. It's the division in my life. And I am not that. I am this. But that glorifies this. 
somebody ought to praise the Lord in this place. Division, divine division, divine division. Amen. God said, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, bedall. He bedalled darkness and light. He, he divided them. Amen. And, uh, help me, Holy Spirit. He, he, uh, uh, it means differentiate to reveal or to expose. This is what happens at the point of salvation. Amen. Light comes into you and it begins to expose the dark side of you. For the Word of God is alive. It is quick and powerful than any two-edged sword. Piercing. Piercing to the dividing. Dividing. You'll never come to the place of repentance until there is a piercing and a dividing that comes in you and all of a sudden you are at odds with you. All of a sudden, amen, I didn't see that sinful lifestyle as bad as it was until God went. Until God divided the light from the darkness. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, I see it. This was me. This was my life. This was who I was and what I was. But something has pierced down inside of my spirit. And now, amen, am I that or am I this? And it's a division that comes in every sinner's heart. Amen. And brings, brings an inner division. Amen. Because now I can see that addiction for what it is. I can see that, 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 that just to use some of our examples in here. I can see that homosexuality for what it is. I can see that lustful spirit for what it is. Amen. I didn't say it was gold. I could just see it. I didn't say amen that some of the desires wasn't still there, but something has happened because a line has been drawn. And all of a sudden I can see it. I can see it, but now I'm having a problem. Amen. Because now I can see the light that is leading me out of that, but I'm still, God help me, Holy Ghost, but I'm still having a problem with that. Somebody please tell me what is this division in my life? God four times in one chapter he's just dividing he's taking this and putting it out amen and all of a sudden something productive starts appearing in my life now land starts appearing is anybody listening to me this is what's going on in your life right now it ain't that you're not saved the fact that you feel like you're in chaos is the fact you are saved but there can't be no order unless God brings some division and, and here lies the problem. Can, can, I, can y'all stay with me? Herein lies the problem. Amen. Because if you don't understand this division, amen, Satan will come in and start telling you you're something you're not. But there's one side of you that's saying what you can be or what God requires you to be. Amen. But the darkness was not annihilated. And God ain't going to annihilate it. Can, can I get a witness? Can I, can I help somebody? He ain't going to annihilate it. Amen. But there's one thing light will do is keep it in its... It'll keep it in its place. Tell your neighbor, turn the light on. Keep the light on. Keep the light on. Oh, keep the light. Keep the light on. Come on. Where's Kamal? Burst out in a rap. 
Keep the light on. Come on, hurry. You got to keep the light on. Because if the light goes, if you don't do it, I'm going to. Uh, my God, is anybody listening to me? Amen. Uh, you're always wondering, how come they seem to have everything all together and I'm still struggling with my path? I just come to tell you, I've grown enough to know God drew the line. He turned the light on. And now, instead of letting what I was condemn me, I'm standing from the mountaintop saying, look at my darkness. It magnifies my life. Oh! I just love it when my Mississippi family comes. Y'all just love the word, don't you? So now all of a sudden there's, there's division. Amen. The problem is if you don't understand the division or you fight the division. If you don't have someone to tell you what's going on, sometimes you fight it and don't know what you're fighting. And you're struggling with something that has no force. You're struggling with something that has no power. And some of you, I'm, I'm, if you don't know it, I'm establishing a new doctrine in this church right now. So go with me. Some of your minds are going back to all the scriptures on darkness. Now somebody even just thought about scripture about the power of darkness. Do you know what gives darkness power? The absence of light. Mm. I got to take that somewhere. Can we go a little deeper? So you get saved, and there's all kind of these piercings going on. Isn't it amazing that the Bible says the Word of God is sh uh, quick? That means it's alive. That's where we get our word quickened. You were quickened. Your spirit was brought alive. Boom, God turned the light on. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Amen. And you think you got saved on your own. God reached out and... You can't turn you on. I got to go. Amen. The word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of three areas. My soul and spirit. The word of God comes in and it all of a sudden divides my selfish, introverted, self-centered, sinful soul. Nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Mm -hmm. Some of you couldn't say it. Sorry. He divided it from my spirit. And now the flesh is lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. Amen. It's called conviction. And conviction comes in and all of a sudden I realize how stupid my mindset is. I realize, amen, even though it's who I am and I've built my entire life on it to the point that I have dressed it up, amen, sprayed perfume to make it smell good. But in reality, when conviction comes in, there I stand. And that thing is ugly and it needs a savior. It needs to be delivered. It and this is the problem the reason there's no salvations in the churches is because preachers are taking the word to quiet the division in your life 
Y'all didn't catch that, amen. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You shouldn't be so upset. The devil is a liar. You ought to be flipping in your bed at night. You ought to be rolling up under the bed. My God, what a wretched thing that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? There's no more repentance because we want everybody to feel good. My God. And God's up there piercing. He's dividing. Why? Because there is an order of productivity that lies only on the other side of division. And you got to let chaos, you got to let uh, conviction run its course. We patting them on the back and giving them an attaboy. Giving them an attaboy. Uh, Bobby Stowe shared some of his infinite wisdom with me on coaching kids or just coaching. I mean, this is his ideology now. I don't know about y'all. But he said, if you think I'm going to pat a kid on the rear and say, attaboy, when he just blew it, when he knows better, it ain't in me. It ain't in me. I understand his concept. To a certain degree. I'm not saying you won that argument. But I understand his concept to a certain degree. Why? Because he has been taught, he knows, and he has the ability. Well, we've adopted that mindset in the church. That God is in here trying to divide and cut and mess all this up so that we'll see who we are. And we'll slap them on the rear and say, don't worry about it. Man, I am preaching better than y'all shouting this morning. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. So, so, so you're blowing it. Zar, Zar, hang in there. You'll get it. Amen. When the individual is under conviction of God, there's division and turmoil, and they're coming to you because they're in turmoil. Amen. You got to change your doctrine to, oh my God, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to separate that thing from you. I know you're not wanting to give it up. I know it's hard to, oh, somebody help me. It's hard to release all you've ever known, but division leads to order, and order leads to life and peace and joy. Oh my God. So the Word of God came in three stages. First it divided my soul from my spirit. What used to be all jumbled up and messed up. God's now amen. Put a firmament between the earth and the heaven. He's now put a space. And my freedom has begun. But it's chaos. It's inner chaos. And not only does, does He divide the soul from the spirit, He divides, he divides the joint from the marrow. And, and I have never dove this deep into this rebellion. What happened? I have never dove this deep in this revelation. I just always took it. That marrow was that funny substance in the bone. But not in Hebrews 4 and 12. Catch this. He divides joints and marrow. Joints are things that hold things together. God said, my word, it'll just start dividing it. It'll just start dividing what used your structure that you used to live by, the skeleton that used to hold you up. I'm just I'm taking it apart at the joints. 
I'm taking it apart. And the word marrow there literally means in that, the Hebrew word for our, our Greek word for marrow in that scripture means companionships, relationships, former ties in another life. I don't know how many new converts I have to counsel because some of the first things that happens in their life, Pastor, I don't have the friends I used to have. Amen. Or, or those who were my friends, they won't talk to me anymore. They don't want anything to do with me anymore. Are you listening to me? Because when God starts bringing you out of a thing, He starts dividing. Now you're divided. And if that ain't a confusing enough for you, born again believer, now you're being divided from companionship. Why? Because darkness and light have no fellowship. I wish I didn't have so many lights. I would try to get darkness and light to fellowship in this building together. I tried it, but every time I turn off the light, darkness dominates and there's no spiritual fellowship. And then when I turn on the light, spiritual fellowship dominates. And Are y'all any way possible getting any of this? Uh, Amen, he's dividing. Amen. And here you are, a confused mess. Oh God, this salvation stuff. <laughs> I don't know about all this. Amen. But if you understand that God is saying, just, just, just give me four days. Just give me four days. Just give me four. Just let me, let me, let, let, let me divide. Let me put it in its place. Amen. Let me put it in its place. I know you're not wanting to give up them relationships. Amen. But it's why you're depressed. It's why you're oppressed. It's why you're not producing the life abundantly, full of glory. Is anybody listening to me? So let me divide it. Somebody high five your neighbor right now and tell them, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Because when you try to hold on, okay, I need every light out except for these uh, dimmer lights. Dimmer lights. House lights out. We can do it with that. Just the house lights out. I need, uh, turn all them lights out back there. Screen's going to hurt me, but. So, so, can it be turned off easily? So, okay, the, uh, so when I try to mix darkness with my light, my level of light, or let me put it the other way, the level of darkness will be determined by the level of the absence of light. And so I start letting compromise come in. Follow me? What happened to what happened to all that light? Oh my goodness, why is my light getting dimmer? Darkness, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You bad attitude, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. You, you spirit of lust, I'm commanding you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Get! My God, it's still dark, and now I'm tired, and I'm wore out. Amen. Because, uh, amen, all of these evil thoughts in my Oh, God, is anybody listening to me? And I'm screaming at the darkness, but the darkness will not listen. 
Because darkness is simply the absence of light. And there ain't but one way to attack the darkness in your life. And that is to turn the light on. Let there be light. Then all of a sudden, I'm not battling anymore. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not working to stay saved anymore. All I'm doing is staying in communion with God, am I being clear? You can't talk to me about, about compromise. They fall and get caught in adultery. And you talk about compromise. I know I shouldn't have committed that act. You missed it. The adultery wasn't the compromise. It was the fruit of compromise. Because the light was getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And darkness is only given power by the absence of light. And I understood, God, I'm not mad at you no more for leaving the devil down here. Because you drew a line and you created the only substance that darkness has no power over. My God. Nobody backslides overnight. Nobody sins overnight. Nobody goes back to the same lifestyle overnight. Why? Because darkness cannot. It does not have the generative power. It does not have the substance to dominate light. But it's standing right outside of the illumination of my spirit. This is how a man backslides. I don't understand. I'm so tempted. I'm always tempted. Why am I wanting my old relationships? Why am I wanting to get back in my old lifestyle? Amen. Why is all that? I used to walk in such complete victory. And amen. It's just starting to worry. It's just all, it's just, it's just on me all the time. I can't enjoy going to church. I don't even want to pray. I don't want to. St- Are y'all following me? Amen. And I don't understand it. Amen. I need, I need, I said this in my Wednesday night class. We think we need to be exercised. I need some devil cast out of me. I don't need no devil cast out of me. Here's the problem. Thank you, Mary. This is how a man backslides. All right, give me some house lights. This changed my life. You don't have to fight no more. You don't have to struggle no more. All you got to do is turn the light on. Turn the light on. If I walk in the light, even as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all my unrighteousness. My life is cleansed by simply me hanging out in the light. How do you turn the light on? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all catching this new doctrine? As your pastor, I'm telling you, quit fighting. God gave me this revelation for, uh, in a sense. I was in here praying, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fighter. I came from old school. Not physical fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But God didn't give me these good looks to beat up. But I was raised up old school. You got to hang in there and you got to grit your teeth. And you got to tell your mouth you ain't cussing today. And your eyes you ain't looking today. Amen. Because you are committed to God. And after a while, my jaws get tired. And bloop, it slips out. Because <laughs> we don't understand this concept. You're fighting a battle in the flesh when all you got to do is turn the light on. I could do away with every counseling class I do with one statement. Go turn the light on. Because see, what happens is, y'all look out in the foyer and see if you can find a piece of dirt. I see something. It's hard to do here with Mary as our cleaning lady. But y'all just look around. Turn off the spotlights. Y'all look around. Find you a piece of something. Find you a piece of lint. See how it was shining a while ago with all them lights on? Turn off, the, turn off all them back there. Now where is it at? Huh? Now I'm cohabitating with something that was bothering me. My God. Now it don't bother me anymore, amen, because there ain't enough light to reveal it. But start bringing up them uh, small lights out, out back there, Nisha, amen. But the more light, oh my God, there's something else. Whoo, division, pierce. Let me, let me pick that up. Let me pick that up. Amen. And you know what? Nobody had to tell me I needed to quit acting like a fool. I just, when the light started shining, I saw it and I started saying, I can't, hold on, I can't live with that stuff. Oh my God, I didn't. Did you know that was there? Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, that needs to be preached too. Because <laughs> sometimes the light they're walking by is brighter than the light you're walking by. And when they try to cop, when they try to shine some light on your dirt, you get mad. Because you can't, you can't see what they can see. Oh, you devil is a liar. I ain't that. The fact you argued is the fact you can't see. I need somebody in my life that sees better than I see. I don't need to hang around a jacked leg just walking in darkness himself. I need somebody to say, oh, Pastor, there's Lent. Hey, man, Taylor, you got a booger in your nose. <laughs> Let me get it. Huh? Are you listening to me? It's all you don't, you beautiful thing, you. But the, are, you, are you following me? Amen. Something she couldn't see, I could see. But when we try to help a brother out, oh my God, this is too much for one Sunday. Amen. We get twisted off. My God, shine your light in my life, Lord. Shine your light in my life. Kobe, shine your light. Taylor, shine your light in my life because I want some division that'll bring order. And on the fifth day, on the fourth day, he said, let that earth start producing trees and flowers and fruit. Now, all of a sudden, I've created an atmosphere that fruit can come. Some of you have been saved for years and still having trouble producing spiritual fruit. 
because you didn't embrace the piercing, the dividing. I've surrounded myself with some men that I trust right now to bounce this doctrine off of because I, uh, we was talking the other day and, and I want to throw it out there and, and then I want these guys that, are, that I believe are spiritually mature, if you can poke holes in this, I want you to poke holes in it because I want balance. I want balance. I don't want to go to the extreme. But I've come to the realization salvation is not my work. It's the work of my God. So I'm going to quit trying to do in the flesh what all I got to do is get in the light and God will draw that distinguishing line and I need that darkness. Now it's working for me. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm not looking back and letting that hinder me from going into that platform. Matter of fact, I need you to go with me because I'm going to stand on a platform with about 400 women that's in prison and I'm going to use, oh God, I'm going to use that dark side of me to give glory to the light side of me and there's going to be about 400 that says, my God, if he can do it for her. I got to quit. Jesus got off the boat, the Gadarenes. And a man named Legion because he had so many devils. He was identified by his bondage. There's a difference from being identified with your bondage and using what you was bound by to give glory to God. There's a major difference and you need to understand it. The Bible says Legion, when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet and began to worship Oh, there's so much to be said, but I got to go. He uh, cast the devils out of him. And the man was totally set free and in his right mind. And the man asks, I told Jesus, I'm going with you. Totally, tra- no 12 steps. Are y'all following me? Born again. Trans. <laughs> Drew the line into sand and poof, that's not who I am anymore. Legion, or whatever his name was, said, I want to go traveling with you. Jesus said, no, I need you to go back to your community. Because if you go with me, they don't know the darkness, so this new you they will not appreciate. But if you'll go back to where they knew the darkness, because light can only be appreciated. God Almighty, I just don't know if y'all getting this like I am. In contrast to what you was. So when they stand and contrast what you are now and what you was, they're going to say He is the Messiah. Christ is the Lord. So I don't need God to take my darkness. I just needed him to draw a line and put it in its place. And as long as I keep the light going, I don't fear darkness overtaking me. Why? 
because it has no substance. It has no substance within itself. I can get this room as bright as I want it with the right lights. But it can only be as dark as it is. I can't get it no darker because I can't manipulate something that does not exist. So I just come to tell you, this is what happened to you when you got saved. And I'm going to throw one little nugget out there for you to look forward to. First, Second Thessalonians says, I pray that you be sanctified holy, body, soul, and spirit. When you walk in this light long enough, the triunity of you takes on the full nature of Jesus Christ. And you're not only saved on the inside, your tongue's saved. Oh, now I just said something to some of you who's still in stage one. Look straight ahead, don't look at anybody. If you keep walking in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus starts cleansing. And now my soul is cleansed, meaning, amen, my feelings and emotions are no longer frayed and frazzled and wanting the, 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 uh, the forbidden. Are you listening to me? Amen. It starts changing, amen, in me. And all of a sudden, my soul is now in union with my spirit. And the longer I live in the light, all of a sudden, my flesh starts manifesting the inner light, which is Jesus Christ. So as your pastor, I need you to know where I am. This started with a 50-day quest for pure doctrine. Pure do- and, there's, and it's got me struggling with some things. It's got me struggling with some things. I struggle with trying to promote you to worship a God you should be in awe of. On Sundays anymore. I struggle with lift your hands and clap your hands. And it's, it's some old habits of mine. But I struggle with that now because if your worship is not spontaneous, surely it is a stink in the nostril of God if I provoke it. Following me? I'm, I'm struggling with one area right now of calling people who don't, who's not faithful to church. To beg them to come and be with a family they obviously don't love and worship a God they obviously don't know. Are you following me? I'm struggling with that right now, but but I got counselors around me to make sure I don't get critical. Because if you come to church because I called you, where was you at last Sunday? I'm going to be there next Sunday. And you come because I got you here. To me it has become an insult to my God. Because this is whosoever will. And may I submit to you as a man right now. If you don't want to come to church. Don't come to church. But don't expect me to come knocking on your door. Begging you to be in a place you do not want to be. No more than your wife would want me begging you, husband. Go home to your wife. Go tell her you love her. 
go tell her you love her and you stay home tonight. Get out of this bed with her. This is too real right now. You get back to your house. All right. Oh, God, sister. Going home. Going home. I'm home. You know what that wife's going to say? Why don't you just go back? Hey! Why don't you just go back? Because you brought everything here but the only thing I need. You brought your feet. You double sigh. You brought your head. You brought your ears. You brought your hands. But what I need is your heart and it's still in her bed. Hey! So I'm having a problem right now because this is about relationship. And I cannot maintain your relationship with your God. You have to maintain that relationship and your faithfulness will be the fruit of it. Stand with me all over this building. I can't go no further. I want to drop some things in your spirit. Quite contrary to what you have been taught even by me. If you're having a problem praying, there's something wrong with your light. If you're having a problem studying, there's something wrong with your light. And here's the other problem with that statement. If praying and studying is the sum total of true relationship with Christ, you don't need to pray and study anyway. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.